Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies. I am Garrett. I am Carson. And we are once again, two episodes in a row, joined by the one and only Dusty Butler. Oh, man. We are back to back. This is pretty awesome. I like it. Had He's so back. much fun with Uncharted. He had to yeah, come back he, for the Batman. Just to, you know, by, by popular demand, you know, he, he's here. This is like season two of daredevil and, and dusty's just the punisher coming in you know every every episode just garrett's daredevil and i most resemble wilson fisk so exactly so. perfect <laughs> i feel like the the more logical reason if we're being honest is that uncharted would was terrible and we knew it was going to be terrible and we felt like we owed dusty a good movie. we had to back Let's, it up with a good one and that's not even acknowledging what we talked about last episode which is that we tried to recruit him for moonfall so we're like hey dusty how about moonfall or uncharted he's like oh, okay come on now <laughs> yeah give me let, the batman let's, let's test you out with something nobody's seen <laughs> and i did and then, I, then we'll come back with the batman i really did i was like why the hell are we doing those two movies when we had the batman so close or even, you know, I would even delay out and do Top Gun, you know, because of my, just my affinity for that movie. I mean, it's just amazing. We just didn't want to wait till July. That's fair. If it happens. I mean, that's like the quadruply delayed Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. It, I have a real bad feeling about that movie, so... <laughs> is it, is Don't you the, worry. The we'll, new we'll... mutants of, of fighter pilot movies? <laughs> yeah. We'll give you a palate cleanser before we get you into Michael Morbius. Oh, God. <laughs> this is just incredible. Well, all right. So we are talking The Batman, uh, directed by Matt Reeves, who did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of Planet of the Apes. He also did Cloverfield and Let Me In. I'm not even going to give the description because it's The Batman, so I think we all pretty much have an idea of what it's going to be about. But I will roll through the cast really quickly. Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter Sarsgaard, Andy Serkis, and Colin Farrell, which there's probably more than that, but uh, you know, we're, we're hitting the main ones there that everybody's going to care about. Top billing. Um, hmm? The top billing. <laughs> yeah, and you know, speaking of top billing, Paul Dano's playing the Riddler in this, and we all know the Riddler likes to leave these little clues for the Cape Crusader to go and solve. Well, we actually have a new sponsor today at Two Views Movies, and it's all about letting people solve their own little clues. The Exit Room in Lee Summit. Hey guys, as we all start to return to normal after two years of absolute craziness, I've got an idea for something a little different for you to do with your friends and family. Something that gets you out of the house, interacting with actual human beings, and back into the world. We're proud to introduce you to The Exit Room. Go check out this incredible escape room business located in historic downtown Lee Summit, Missouri. The Exit Room is a family-owned, five-star rated, one-of-a-kind escape room experience that has been entertaining the KC metro area for nearly seven years now. They have five uniquely designed escape room adventures guaranteed to challenge, amuse, and even amaze you. Gather your party, 
and come check out their friendly staff, their amazing decor, and contagious energy as you solve puzzles, riddles, and unravel mysteries. But hurry, the exit room is retiring two of their rooms very soon and replacing them with new adventures. Use promo code 2VIEWS at checkout for a 20% discount. That's the numeral 2 and the word VIEW, no spaces. The exit room. Unplug, interact, escape. Okay, so we're going to go spoiler-free for a little bit. Uh, keep keep it high level. Keep it keep it clean. And uh, I guess I'll start off. I I dug it. I really really dug it. Um, I thought it was a different take on Batman than what we've seen before. I was probably out of the three of us. I don't know. I feel like maybe the most vocal about being irritated about the three hour runtime. And surprisingly enough, I felt like while it was long, it, it didn't drag for me. So I, I know that that's been a, a key source of complaint that I've seen, but I wasn't feeling it. Um, I, I felt like I kind of wanted it to keep going. Every time that I thought they were getting to an ending point and they kept going, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let's get, let's keep the ball rolling. So generally speaking, I really liked it. Dustin? Yeah, I was the same way. I, uh, I, I love the Batman character, so um, it – it's, I'm always going to enjoy that, but I think they did it well, and I think they brought a new spin on it that um, I wasn't expecting. So it it really hit home for me, and I'm with Garrett. I mean, it, it, it definitely was long, and there were some parts to it that I think could be cut, but I think for the most part, it, it flowed pretty well. What about you, Huger? Well, um... I was a little disappointed. I enjoyed the movie, but my, I think my expectations were were a little too high for this based on the first trailer. Uh, when I saw the first trailer, uh, it seemed like it was going to be a much more brutal movie than than it was. Uh, I thought they were going to go for an R rating, and they went they kind of played it safe as safe as you can for a PG thirteen. Um, to, to try to get under that bar. And I feel like they really should have just gone for it with, with the R. Uh, so I feel like they, they pulled back quite a bit. Um, and I was expecting, again, I mentioned Daredevil earlier with, with good good reason, because I feel like that's what I was hoping for, more of that type of movie. Uh, just to stand out from the other Batmans, uh, it was definitely, I felt it. I felt it long. Uh, I felt every bit of the three hours. And I think it was because it was more of, the detective Batman than an action filled Batman. Uh, I think detective Batman was absolutely the way to go with this. Cause it made it different, made it unique. Uh, you got to see him try to figure stuff out opposed to just Michael Keaton, you know, figuring out the Joker serum, you know, and, and where, where it was coming from. Like that's the only really detectiveness that we've seen so far in a Batman film that Batman's done. I feel like the dark Knight trilogy came, you know, Morgan Freeman, T- took more of the, the the science approach to everything, and they took it away from the Batman character. Um, and here that they, they they added it, and so I liked that approach. I just feel like there were so many twists and turns in this plot that it felt like it was long, and I feel like rewatchability is just not there for me. And so that's why it took a took a hit. I gotta say, I I want to go watch it again. So the rewatchability thing is, I'm not in agreement there. Like, and I'm usually one of those guys that is like three hour movie, dude. I, I don't know. Like, I, I can't, I can't do it. But I will see this again in theaters before it leaves because I am anxious to see it again, experience it again. 
I think I might go to a different theater and maybe go to like uh, an AMC Dolby where it's got bigger and better sound, something like that. But the rewatchability is there for me in a totally different way, right? Like it's not rewatchable in the sense of like it's an hour and a half, hour and 45 minute John Wick, pure action, you know, light, uh, you know, almost very surgical. It's more like I just want to experience it again. The the different stories, there's a lot going on here, the different characters, the visuals, the, the score, like everything came together just so well that I just I truly just want to experience it again. Yeah. And- Carson Carson recently did turn me on to the new uh or not to the new but the Daredevil show. So I, I can see what he's saying there between um maybe kind of going that dark. Um but I, I think it was plenty dark enough. I mean I think it was pretty brutal to me. I think it really skirted and straddled that line between being PG thirteen and being rated R. They probably could have added some blood, gore, that type of thing, and gone the rated R mark. But I think they tried to draw it back to bring to bring some more kids into it. Now I can see some parents maybe being frustrated, but I I, I don't think we got teased by the trailer though. I don't think they they showed anything in the trailer that made you think that this wasn't going to be brutal. It seemed like a brutal movie from the trailer, so I think. It it was true to that, but I still think there's probably going to be some parents that are like, "Wow, that you know that there were some brutal pieces to it," without giving yeah, too many th- details away. But <laughs> well, well from from the trailer, I think the scene of him beating on the the Joker gang guy, you know, it just seemed like he was relentless yeah. and just. Uh, and I feel like it was shortened in the movie than it was in the trailer. In the trailer, I feel, and it, it may not have been, but I felt like it was a longer scene of him just repeatedly hitting the same guy on the ground. And so you're like, oh, this is dark. This is going to get bloody. You know, he's just <laughs> pounding this guy. And I would have, I love to see a Batman like that, that in the vein of, of Logan, you know, just, uh, I don't think this is appropriate for kids. So taking kids to this movie, uh, kind of ruins the accessibility piece um maybe a 16 year old sure and uh, so maybe that's why they didn't go r uh, i mean 13... i took my 12 year old daughter and she loved it well you're, you're a rare guy ace the, uh, <laughs> uh, but that's uh I, to me it just seems like it would be a scary movie for a young, a young kid or a, a violent movie for a young kid but not violent enough to make it a cool separate yourself and so that's that that was a little disappointed in in, in all that. See, but. I I don't know. I, you say separate yourself. I mean, I I do feel like it's a different kind of brutal than the Nolan Batman's, or a different kind of brutal than the Keaton Batman's, or obviously any of the Schumacher ones. So I do feel like it sets it apart itself apart there. I also feel like the angle of the detective stuff set itself apart from any other Batman that we have. So I feel like it did kind of a lot to actually set itself apart. So. I mean, are you just wanting blood and gore? Is that what you're wanting out of it? Or I, I wanted. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. I could. But I could. This, I'm this, gonna be honest well, with you. I could use some nudity. <laughs> <laughs> if we want to go R, he, want, he wants to see. It. He wants to see all of Robert Pattinson. Not, not that. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> the, but, but Garrett, you were saying about what I wanted to see. You know, I wanted to see, you know, arms breaking, you know, uh, just, just so exactly a, what happened in the first scene. Uh, it's kind of, but, but better, 
like again, I wanted to see I wanted to see a different Batman than, than what I've seen. I feel like this is the same Batman than what I've seen For, from the physicality standpoint. Not not saying the detective piece and, and whatnot. Sure, but I, I mean, see it's any different. And uh, there, I really don't feel like there are any cool scenes, you know, on the action side. Like I didn't. What are you there's nothing that about? I want to go. I want to go back and see it again. Uh, the, it was the, more the, of the, the fight in the the Penguins Club or Falcons Club. the The highway chasing was great. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think it's forgettable. I, I like the, you know, I like the fight scenes. I think that it, it's just a more dark and brooding thing than what we've seen in any of the other ones, even in the Nolan Batman. This is much, yeah. much darker, um, especially Agreed. more so than than the other ones. So I. I think it is a different a different telling of it, and um, I don't know. I, I liked it the the action scenes again. I, I I like the fighting. I'm not sure I'm I'm on the same same spot with Garrett. It's just that when it comes to that chase scene, and I don't know if we want to talk about that now or wait until later. But we we can go in spoilers when when we get to that to that side. Okay. But uh, so but yeah. uh, hold on, I, I need to come back to this. So why are you singling out Batman out of all the comic book movies that you've ever seen for not pushing the boundaries of violence? I mean, th- this is you knew it was going to be PG thirteen. Like if you if you thought this was going to be R, you're you're sorely mistaken. I mean, the only R comic book movie that we've had in recent years is is what uh, maybe like the Logan, Suicide Squad, Deadpool, and, Suicide Squad. Yeah, but I mean, they're not going to do that with a tent pole Joker. like Batman. They're they're not going to do it with Batman. They did with I mean, Joker. They want to do it with Batman. Yes, because for obvious reasons, if you're doing like a psycho analysis of Joker, like you're gonna go ahead well, and let that roll. But if you're if you're doing this with Batman, I highly doubt they're gonna go R. But well, there, there's I just, no I just feel DC like universe. There's no DC universe around this. There, this does, is clearly they've established. This is not a world with Superman. This is a world without Superman. Batman's on his own. You make it separate from what they're doing with the Flash and Flashpoint and, and all that stuff. It's a gritty dark r-rated little series alongside of the other dc stuff they have it's okay so segment. it is gritty and dark so you're just saying you wanted some more dark, yes. you, you just wanted some more broken bones and a little bit more violence in the fights i, I wanted them to go yeah all the way i want a full r i mean sure would that have been cool yeah but like i don't think that like dusty said i feel like they they pushed the boundary enough and straddled that line of brooding and darkness and brutality in the fights and, and mature themes and all that stuff without tipping the needle over into our territory. So I, I mean, sure. Could they have gone more all out? Absolutely. But I, I think they did a really good job. I, mean, I think we're all sitting here saying it, it barely feels like a PG 13 movie. So right. I think to me, I feel like they did what they needed to do, keeping it at the rating that they did while still doing an execute, uh, an excellent job in executing. So I'm going to ask you a question. How do we feel about the uh, the villains in the movie? Are you like in totality overall? Sure. Overall. I as far as acting goes, I loved all of them. Uh, as far as how many they had, I like this approach. I I'm a little tired of the uh Marvel formula of solo movie, solo bad guy kind of thing. I I like the sort of rogue gallery approach to it. That, have you guys played the the Arkham Batman games? Mm-hmm. Okay, so to me, a lot of things that happen in this movie 
and even the kind of the way that it's set up feel very much like those Arkham games where the games are never just about one villain. There's multiple villains happening at the same time, multiple layers to the story in terms of how the villains are attacking Batman and what they're doing. This felt very much like that to me. Um, and I feel like they did a really good job of weaving it all together. Like, yeah, the Penguin kind of had his own little story over here and it was kind of intertwined with the Riddler stuff that was happening, but it, they would kind of like intersect and weave in and out. And I thought that for as much as they had going on in the movie, I thought they did a good job, and I I liked all the villains in here. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed the villains. I I really probably even more so than the Riddler. I liked what they did on the I don't know what what you want to call it the mafia side almost between the different layers of Maroni. Is it Maroni? Well, there's Falcone yeah. and Maroni. Maroni, yes. then Falcone, then the. The penguin, what we saw of the penguin was something we haven't really seen. Most of the time when you see the penguin, he is the big bad. And in this case, he's he's not. We're, we're picking him up at an earlier point in his career before he's amassed all of this power. So I thought that was kind of cool to see him really kind of as a peon. You know, I, when I was reading something about this, they were kind of comparing him to Fredo a little bit and uh and the godfather is that you know he was the guy that they they really didn't respect a ton so it'll be interesting to see how you know presumably they're going to be making more of these movies how that character is going to develop as we move forward I think it's hard to make the penguin a good villain I mean it just his whole his whole gimmick you know is, is not a good one for the screen uh it uh i think they did the best they could with that of making him essentially just a a mob boss uh at a, at a level they didn't get too gimmicky with it other than his club's called the ice box you know but they didn't go with till oh, he has pet penguins with rocket launchers <laughs> on them you know it, or carries the signature umbrella you know that shoots machine he doesn't he didn't need that so they they definitely grounded him uh so i'm glad I'm glad they went that route with him. I'm glad that uh, they did the Riddler uh, more of a psychopath than than kind of a Joker uh, way. Uh, I like that part. I'm I know Garrett, you're a big fan of of Dano. I'm I'm not so much. Um, I think he. I feel like he's an an over actor in, in everything that he does. Even though he's in, he has some good performances. I'm just not a, a huge fan. I'm glad that he wasn't himself in most of the movie uh so that that helped for me uh but i do like the he's a murderer and dropping clues yeah he was basically the zodiac killer right i mean that's Mm kind of what he was going after and and i i do like dano i mean obviously 98 percent of that is built around there will be blood which is fantastic (laughs) and and truly even if you don't aren't a dano fan he really doesn't go outside of I guess what I'd call normal acting until, you know, the last 30 minutes of the movie. So it's not like you're exposed to him that much. Right. Like, um, what I will say though, is I, I, people are shocked that Colin Farrell is the penguin. I mean, I felt like that was out there a long time ago, but I could see how, if you were just a casual coming into this and you just watched, like it happened to my wife. She's like, Oh, I didn't know Colin Farrell was in this. I'm like, yeah, he's the penguin. And she's like, Oh my God, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, I, I, well, with, with, Kind of going back real quick to to Paul Dano. I'm I'm in Camp Carson on this one. I'm not a big Paul Dano fan. I think he did well in this role, and I think he 
was especially good until we got to actually Paul Dana, you know, until we got to to him there. And, And I think that's just also part of my personal bias because my exposure to him, or I guess I should say my first exposure to him was in Little Miss Sunshine. And he was such a mopey bitch in that movie that it just, it, it, it's hard for me to even divorce him from that. I just see him and I want to just headbutt him really hard. Um, but I think the, the majority of the movie, you don't ever see him. You obviously don't know much about him. Um, and I think he does well in that role. I think it's then later on when you know who he is, that's when I start being like, ah, man. Well, and I, yeah, I do want to say, like, to defend Paul Dano a little bit, he gets one of the best scenes of the movie, and I think he crushes it. Now, it's the last, like, 10% of that scene where I think people are going to be like, okay, you know, a little bit of overacting. But for the, that first 90% of that scene, which you can only really equate to the scene in Dark Knight where Joker and Batman are talking, Um I mean, th- this was up there with that. I mean, everybody loves that scene. Thinks Ledger and Bale killed it. I thought Pattinson and and Dano killed it in that scene. Yeah. I mean, I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll give you. I like the whole scene, but I can understand why maybe people wouldn't like, like I said, the last ten percent or so of that scene just because of the acting. Yeah, you get uh, there will be blood and Little Miss Sunshine, and then the the end where you're starting to see he just seems very whiny to me, and I find it annoying. While oh, I do. Yeah love both of those movies uh he's just a whiny character yeah um and an actor and i I find that annoying (laughs) he's Um, the same in prisoners i mean yeah he's sort of typecast if you want like the sniveling you know grating on you can't be trusted wormy kind of guy yeah that's dano he's not going to get cast in you know as batman or as any kind of charismatic lead that's just not that's not him. Well, it's kind of like uh, Mandalorian, where it could have been anybody for the first, you know, two yeah. and a half hours of the movie. You know, you could put anybody in, in that in that spot, and so really, they picked him to do, like you said, that scene uh, at the end. But this, uh, but I think it's, of- I think it's perfect though. I mean, when I think of Riddler, I think of a brainy guy that, it, like, in no way, shape, or form can even remotely tackle Batman. So you got to have kind of almost like this. Did he strike you as that? Oh yeah, for you don't think like an he, overly smart person? Well, like almost like in like overly intelligent yet emotionally completely disconnected and and problematic, right? Like the kind of people that you think about that go around and shoot up places, right? Because like they're really smart, but they're just so off kilter that you can't can't make heads or tails out of them as a person. And I think some of it is that we're not we're not getting full backstories on on people either. So you don't really know. I I mean, even to this day, I had to look up to see like he was a forensic something yeah, accountant, accountant, you know. So, I mean, you, I didn't really know anything about him or what he was to know, OK, how did he amass this knowledge and, and craziness? You know, you just kind of pick up a little bit of it as the story goes along. So um, I, I, I do understand of like, OK, what was he the super brilliant guy? But you obviously know he is because he's just. You know, he's just outsmarted so many people, so many steps of the way. But um, I don't know. It's 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 he. It's a weird character, but well, well done. Yeah, and I will come back to your Colin Farrell comment of I knew it was Colin Farrell, and I just kept trying to 
see Colin Farrell under there. No, and I was like, I was like, okay, I got to go for the eyes because the eyes, and even even that, I was like, I I don't believe that this is him. Yeah, I I, I there's just there's a couple uh, of his speech pattern like barely sprinkled in a few scenes and i'm like okay there there he is but i still can't see it Mm-mm. they he i think they did a great job of of masking him they up. did yep. but i'm just kind of wondering why you, you know i mean you put because <laughs> there's plenty of ugly actors out there an, that you could right he's an irishman right yeah. so why yeah. do you put an yeah. irishman then to play an Italian, like basically rubbery Al Capone. I mean, the, his character, and and, and I, I did like the character, and I think he played it very well. But it was just a little bit weird that everybody else was just truly themselves, but he was the character that looked like he actually should have been in like the '94 Dick Tracy movie, you know, <laughs> where everybody had like rubber rubbery faces, and it, that that just I got that feel from it. But I think he, I think he did well. I'm just wondering why they would choose to pick him to have a different voice, but then also to have to set for like eight hours in a makeup chair. <laughs> well, see that that's uh that surprised me because I didn't think he looked like a guy wearing makeup. Oh no, I mean, I, I thought he looked. He didn't I, look that. Okay. He didn't look because, that. Because because I was gonna say that that idea could have gone horribly horribly wrong. You know, we we've seen poor makeup trying to de-age people or make them fatter or make them, you know, try to look like somebody else, and it go, it looks terrible. But I thought they they crushed it with with his makeup. They did, and he was. I mean, he, I, like I said, I think that was one of the one of my favorite characters in the movie, just because of. I, I just think he played it well. He did. He did a good job. So I think the one thing we have to touch on, obviously, before we move on to spoilers is Robert Pattinson. I mean, I, Pattinson. I think we have to give our assessment of, I mean, because that's what everybody does, right? Oh, it's it, it's a big deal to become Batman, right? That's like one of the most probably coveted roles that you could get in, in movies ever since back when Keaton got it, right? Is who's going to be Batman? And, you know, kind of like when Ledger got cast as Joker, there was... You know, now we've got Twilight guy coming in here trying to be Batman. Curious to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, are we comparing to other Batman? I do what you want. What did you think of Pattinson? Maybe say what you thought of Pattinson, and maybe say what you how you compare him to others. I mean, I I liked him in it. I I think I was shocked that I I kind of think that he may be, and I, I can't speak for Batflick because I haven't watched those movies. I refuse to watch those movies. But um, he, wow. of all of the Batman that we've had, I'm shocked to say that I think he's the most physically imposing Batman that we've had. Um, the way he, oh no, the way he fought, he looked bigger in his suit than, and I mean, I think he's a big dude anyway. Um, but he looked bigger, six foot. He looked bigger in his suit than than what all the other guys did. You know, the the opening scene when he walks in and all the other police officers are there. That's one of my favorite scenes in the in the movie um, when they bring him in to you know do his detective work. Um, he looked like a beast in that scene, and I so I mean I think he did that there. I didn't like him as Bruce Wayne he played it the same way. He was the same person. He was a brooding, miserable bastard. 
um, whether he was playing um, Batman or whether he was playing Bruce Wayne. I, I, I didn't get a sense, and I know they were trying to move away from the playboy role a little bit and draw that back. Um, but they did still say a couple things, you know, like Alfred said, you know, you got to still keep up the appearances at one point in time. Well, I mean, what appearances he, he's, he looks like he's, he cuts himself every night anyway. So, I mean, in his defense, this is year two of him being Batman. Right. So he, he's pretty much admitted like when he's doing his voiceovers in his journals that he is, he's basically living nocturnally and I don't think he's figured out yet how to balance the Bruce Wayne can bring things to the city that Batman can't. He's just in full Batman mode right now. Right. Well, and you mentioned the conversation with Alfred. I thought there would be something about, you know, and he's trying to get him to do, you know, Wayne foundation things of you can't do this without the money, (laughs) you know, so, so play up the money, but also he needs to, put on his mask which is really bruce wayne bruce wayne is batman's mask and batman's really who he is and you i thought that they would at least go that route of you know seeing some really fake cheesy smiling you know from him at some point of trying to be bruce wayne but but to dusty's point they didn't at all i'm glad they didn't it played one same character throughout but uh, i'm does that's a that's hilarious that you have that's one of your favorite scenes of him walking through the cops because that's one of my least favorite scenes because really? I thought he didn't uh, I thought he didn't look, I thought he looked silly uh, walking through these cops like who's who's this guy he's just some kind of scrawny guy in a cape uh, I did not think, I think he of, looked scrawny at all <laughs> yeah I didn't think so uh, now I will say I bet I'm sure where Carson's going with this is the Batfleck is like the Dark Knight Returns Batman where it's he is a monster. Just like even like Affleck got big, but the the suit that he wears is like short, stocky, huge Batman. So he's very Thick. much larger. Yeah. Yeah, than, and I preface my my comment yeah, by yeah. saying that I haven't watched the Batfleck movies because I think they're probably shit. <laughs> they're they're not very <laughs> good. Well uh, I Actually, I, I enjoy him, and I, he's one of my favorite bat Batmen because I feel like he actually could be like as a human do some of the things that Batman's ex- supposed to do. Like I believe that he could fight these guys because they, they show Ben Affleck working out. The guy's a a freaking monster. He actually dwarfs Superman, you know, when they're standing next to each other, and it's like, yeah, I believe this guy without powers could be out there fighting. Um, and then you have the Michael Keaton, who, great Bruce Wayne, you know, but he does not look like somebody who could go and fight as Batman. No, but well, they hid that in his suit really well, I will say. Yeah, but just as as a character, you're like, okay, I see him. I don't feel like he would, I sure. see him as Bruce Wayne without the costume. I don't think he's going to be out there, you know, beating people up. Right. But uh, uh, Batfleck, I think, pulled off the arrogant billionaire because i feel like that's true to him Mm -hmm. you know and so i think he had the the both sides of it uh with robert i feel like the first time they showed him as batman they have a great score and they just have him kind of thumping out like there's no ninja batman to him like he's street fighting pretty much the whole whole movie uh and so it's it doesn't really take of he who's been studying you know to be a ninja so that that's kind of a different different type of Batman hiding in the shadows they had him just uh, 
heavy heavy stomps you know towards the the joker group heavy stomps like wherever he was at like there's no hiding in the shadows uh it was i'm coming out and i'm just walking towards you and i felt like that was a a different approach which i i like the approach but i don't like him in it so i thought he was good and as batman i just don't necessarily like him as that batman you know i feel like i could put him in a in the dark knight i think he would do fine you know, as a, I'm not mad at Robert Pattinson doing Batman. I'm mad at how they tried to portray a, a big, intimidating Batman with a, a more slender, tinier guy. I don't know that they were going for big, intimidating, though. I don't think that's what they were doing. I think his whole voiceover in that opening stuff is about how he uses the shadows to frighten everybody. And he, he lurks and he comes after you outside of that. So I, I, don't, I don't think... You know, he he talks about becoming a symbol of fear, but th- I don't think that should be synonymous with like, you know, big and imposing. I don't think that's what it was at all. But but they showed like three or four scenes of him walking, just straight walking at you. Uh, yeah, because this is year two of Batman. I mean, I think that's the thing. Sure, everybody, but he, he should have already been. Well, you're injecting your own thoughts about what you want this Batman to be. You're you're inserting ninja stuff from the comics and Nolan, and that's not what Matt Reeves has said that this is. This is. I I get that, but he does not. His physically is not an imposing walking to you kind of guy. I mean, he's 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 six one, and I mean, he put on a bunch of weight for the movie. I mean, I I don't know what you want him to be. I mean. I don't know what Bruce Wayne in the comics is if he's six eight, you know, two fifty. But I mean, he's a he's not a small boy by any means. Mm. I I say where he's walking through the cops. I'm like he he seems it, it just everything just seems silly. Like he's a guy in a room full of cops just walking around in a in a costume, and that that seems silly to me. I think it should have been more of him and Commissioner Gordon after they all leave. You know, and just just everything just seemed uh, this guy wearing a weird weird costume. I don't know. I mean, but I, I think I that was that, the I feel they were either. trying to give. They were trying to give and, and make it look because they didn't want him there, and he should, you know, according to the commissioner, he shouldn't have been there. So I think they were trying to give that really awkward feel there of having him. He wasn't comfortable necessarily walking in, and they didn't want him in there. They felt like he was a vigilante that shouldn't be there. I think that was kind of the, that, that's what I get got from the scene um, versus it. You know, I think they purposefully were trying to make it feel yeah. awkward. And, and it set up the tension between Batman and the cops, right? And it set up Gordon as the good cop compared to the other cops, which I mean, again, I think most people tend to know, but um, it definitely helped set up the idea that Batman is not liked by the cops, which played into this story a lot. But so as far as Pattinson that... goes, I think what I heard you both say is you liked him as Batman, maybe not as much as Bruce Wayne. Now, Carson, it sounds like you have problems with how the Batman was presented, but you don't really have problems with Pattinson as Batman. That's correct. Okay. Yeah, and I, I will say I, I don't have any problems any of that. So like I, I thought he was great as Batman. I thought he was great as Bruce Wayne. Clearly, Matt Reeves is trying to paint Bruce Wayne in a certain light, and I think that Pattinson stuck that I don't think it's a Bruce Wayne that we like um I think he's gonna grow into the Bruce Wayne that we like but as of right now he he doesn't get it. I mean it happened in Nolan's Batman too right it just it happened 
much, much faster, right? Alfred talks to him one time and Batman begins, says, hey, you need to keep up appearances and chop, chop, he hops up and does it. Pattinson in this one's not having any of that. Um, so I thought he was great for what he was supposed to be in that role. He didn't, he, uh, he certainly didn't do a disservice to the role. And that's the worry that you got when you got somebody coming in, especially somebody who's coming from like the Twilight movies and stuff. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's like when they cast Michael Keaton, when they cast him, you know, people didn't like that casting when they cast Heath Ledger, you know, everybody kind of looked at it and was like, now he didn't kill it like Heath Ledger did. But, um, you know, I, I think he, you immediately are like, Oh God, did they make a terrible, terrible mistake here? And they did. He did, he did a fine job. He wasn't the greatest in the world, but I think he did a pretty good job and I'm more than willing to watch more. Yeah. I, I think one of the craziest things about this is that, I think everybody for the longest time felt like Nolan's Batmans were some of, if not the most grounded comic book movies that we have. And yet somehow this one is even more grounded than that. Like it, it it almost makes Nolan's feel like a layer higher of like, no, that's still slightly kind of a little bit more detached. Like, and maybe that's because like, we don't have, you know, the, the, the bat wing or anything like that. Like we truly just got this guy who's just in year two trying to do this. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't end happily. Um, you know, there, there's just, there's a lot of dark and gloom and him trying to figure out who he is and, um, and I, stuff like that. So I, I, I think it really, I think it somewhat yeah. is because you don't have all the fancy toys. You don't have him as this super rich eccentric billionaire. I mean, he is, but you don't see that side of it as much. So I think that may be why it feels more grounded than, than Nolan. Um, but I, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah. So Garrett, overall, how does he rank in your, in, as your Batman? Uh, Ooh, God. See, that's such a hard question though, because as much as you can compare movies to movies, I think it's really hard to compare Batman to Batman because, uh, they all have different goals, right? Like, even we've had this discussion before where comparing Keaton to Bale, it's like, how, like they had such different goals and what they were trying to do. Then, I mean, throw in, you know, Val Kilmer and George Clooney, they had different things. Bale had different things. So it's just really hard. But if I, if I had to pick, um, man, I don't, I don't know. I will say Affleck and everybody else, Affleck and all the Schumacher ones are lower. So you're left with Keaton Bale and Pattinson um just because if I, if I probably if I took the nostalgia out of it Keaton falls down so you're left between Bale and Pattinson and that's really tough for me to say because I I like Bale a lot but I thought Pattinson really really nailed this I enjoyed this movie I liked what they did and it, it makes me want to promote Pattinson higher but I I need I need some longevity here right I need to <laughs> I need to give it so I'd probably give the nod to Bale just because I'm just coming off of this movie but that's not to say that in a, in a year or two or when the next one rolls out that I won't put Pattinson as number one because so right now I'm digging it Bale Pattinson Keaton probably probably if I had to say right now but I, I I'm I'll put it this way I'm more locked in at Keaton at three than I am at Bale at one okay Dusty, I mean, do you even have to a- ask my number one? Oh, I, I, I know <laughs> your your man man crush is Keaton. So after Keaton, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going, I'm going Keaton Bale Pattinson. It, 
it's not to say that I don't think that that Pattinson could reach bail, but we got three movies of bail, you know, so you got a lot of different layers to that, a lot of different things. I, I think Pattinson, I, I think as we see this character grow and we see see that, it could move up. Um, it's not going to get to Keaton level. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I think Affleck got the disservice of the most fantastical movies of he's fighting, you know, Superman and, you know, aliens and whatnot. And so that takes him out. But I think as a Batman, uh, I, I really enjoy him as a Batman. I just wish that I could subplant him into a, a different movie. Um, but I do I do have a lot of nostalgia for, for Keaton, but I think he falls uh, below uh, all three of them, actually, as if I was casting anew and they're all in their prime. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I, think I, I still think Affleck, Bale, and then uh, Pattinson, and then Keaton. Ugh, nope. yuck, yuck. <laughs> so what's uh overall before we get to spoilers overall what's uh what's your rating dusty out of five um i think i'm at a four i i four to five yep i think i'm at a four i think it's a i think it was a well done movie there's nothing i can point to that i could say that they did bad i was entertained for three hours um i there's some things that I might change, but I, I think I think overall it was a well well made movie. Garrett, four and a half, baby. Wow! I love it. When was the last last time you gave a uh, four and a half? Uh, I don't know. I have to go look, but um, I feel like you've been been more stingy with with those lately. Maybe than, uh, for when we started. Maybe, but I loved it, man. I, I'm anxious to see it again. Uh, the people who are saying that it's Batman meets seven. That's probably the most accurate description. Whoever coined that first deserves some mm. kind of PG thirteen seven though. Yeah, of course, PG thirteen seven. But I mean that it's that's pretty accurate. Um, I like the new take that we got. I I thought it, everybody did well. Zoe Kravitz, Colin Farrell, Turturro, Pattinson, all of them. Um, I was worried that three hours would be either bloated and full of lulls, or that they were trying to do too much and would just have too many loose ends and threads. And I feel like somehow they magically kind of wove it all together in a way that, yeah, it went three hours, but um, I didn't feel like it was bloated and I didn't feel like it was, um, you know, like leading people astray or anything. And kind of, you know what I like to, it set up a sequel without being so like in your face about it. Like it, it could stand alone. It could totally stand alone. But I think they set stuff up for some really cool stuff to happen in the future. So some of the things that we've talked about, about this is not the Batman we're used to seeing or the Bruce Wayne that we're used to seeing. I like that this movie spent its whole runtime digging into who this guy is right now, not what he can become in the future. It's like, this is the guy that you're in in year two right now. And maybe the other movies, he morphs into something else. But right now, this is what you get. And I dug it. Well, every Batman movie is a standalone. They haven't really strung you out for a sequel. No, but I that was one of my concerns going into the movie with three hours is that it's just going to be so many plot threads that you set up just to be able to set up like your next movies, and I didn't feel like they did that. So gotcha. it, it, it alleviated one of my concerns with a three-hour runtime. Do you remember what you gave the new Spider-Man? 
I think a four, probably. You had a four? Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I didn't remember what you said there. I don't know, but Far From Home, I, I remember not liking, um, but... Or not, I shouldn't say not liking, but it was only like a three, three and a half. I'm pretty sure I, No Way Home I gave a four. Okay. So I was... Uh, three three hours to me hurt, and usually on a superhero movie, I'm all for. If you want to make it eight hours, I'm I'm there. But I just uh, uh, it it hurt it for me. Um, and I was surprised that I I don't have usually that uh that comment. Um, but I felt like I don't have a strong desire to watch this again, and so I feel like that that reduced my rating down to three and a half. I still still enjoyed it, but uh, it is. Probably one of my lowest rated Batman movies that I can I can think. Uh, I think Dark Knight, I think Batman and Batman Returns are are both higher on my my list. Uh, I'll, Do you I'll think this is better watch. than Dark Knight Rises? Uh, Dark Knight Rises drug out quite a bit. Um, I like Bane as the character. I didn't. I hated what they did with him. It's probably on, on par with that. Okay, so I, I, I did a little research. Let me, let me just read some stuff to you. Here are some of your ratings. <laughs> Thor 1, four stars. Ant-Man, yeah. four stars. Hulk, mm-hmm. three and a half stars. Thor 2, yep. three and a half stars. The Suicide Squad, three and a half stars. The Snyder Cut, four stars. Batman vs. Superman, three and a half stars. Aquaman, three stars. Justice League, four stars. I cannot read that list and then fathom that you gave this movie three and a half. Unless you're taking like right, a right there with th- those. It's right there with those. Th- it's right there with Thor 2. Thor it's, 2 it has a right whole there lot with of the Suicide yeah. Squad. Batman vs. Superman is terrible. In your opinion. Aquaman was. This is only a half star better than Aquaman? It's better than Aquaman, yes. A half star better than Aquaman? These are, while they fit in the superhero movie, they're not comparable to that type of genre. Like you said, this is closer to seven. It's far worse I, than I'm seven. I'm just looking for If some you're putting context. it in that, in that realm, it is nowhere near seven. So if seven's a, are you saying seven's a five star movie? It's, it's a good one and a half. It's a one and a half star below that. Then that I'm I'm fine with that. Hey, I'm just I'm just you giving know. the listeners some context here, so that when they hear hey, you say yeah. that the Batman is three and, and a half stars, that they the also bar hear has, you say that the bar has Batman raised Superman on super, is three and a half stars because the Batman bar has Superman raised collectively like a two star movie. movie. You yeah, know that the right? bar has raised the bar has raised for superhero movies. Expectations have have increased, and this is not a action packed blockbuster type movie. I mean, we we've, we've all said that it's it's not on the same wavelength and so those are compared to each other i'm just saying man i i wouldn't want to die on the hill of justice league being four stars and batman vs superman being three and a half and then give this movie three and a half i would not want to be that guy so <laughs> i can't comment because a lot of those movies just listed i have not watched but oh but you've seen yeah. thor too Dustin. i have seen and you've seen and dark you've seen world Hulk. is not a good movie <laughs> well it's the same grade as this one according to carson yep. Yeah, entertaining. Scary. All right, are we ready for spoilers now that we're 45 minutes into this? Yep. All right. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. (laughs) 
okay, so here's one thing I'd like to start out with spoilers. I'm just curious because I had this thought in the in the theater, and I'm curious to hear what you guys think. If you had to pick one moment as your favorite from this movie, what would it be? I I mean, I already said my my moment was that that opening scene that Carson just blasted on. I mean, I did like that scene. I like the scene where he's walking in with the police all giving him the stink eye and um, he's not really sure. And they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on. I, I mean, I just think that there, that was a, a well-made scene and it kind of really got you into what this movie is, what this movie's going to be is it's going to be him and doesn't have a great relationship with the police. It's not like the TV series back in the day where, <laughs> you know, they got a phone that, that goes directly to him and he's all chummy with everybody in the police department. You know, no, this, this was, it's, they're, they're separate deals. And I thought that was a, that was a good start to it at least. I do want to add to your point, the, the voiceover. I love that the voiceover in the beginning, like bled into that opening scene. Yeah. Um, it just something I thought was cool. Yeah. And that, I think that's, that's the problem uh, is your question is I don't think I have a favorite scene. If I had to pick one, it would be him beating on the Joker guys. Um, I think that's what brought me into, again, the trailer, that that part. I like that there's, I don't know why there's Joker guys, and you kind of want to know backstory on, on all them, um, and him him taking them out, and that's the first time you see him in action. So I, I guess I have to, to go with that. But I didn't, like I said, I didn't feel like there was a standout scene that I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to go back and see that again. Um, that's that's part of why why I rated it where it was. At least if there's nothing memorable about it, then that's where that's that's why my rating came down. Man, that's just so hard for me to wrap my head around because I probably have like four or five that I could pick from. Let's hear them. Um, well, no, I'm going to give you my one, and it's a oh. it's a really obscure one that I wondered if you guys like too. But when the Batmobile showed up, I thought that was amazing. Like the it would like oh, okay, uh, oh go ahead. Well, it's just. I, I don't know. For some reason, man, like it's this it's this big scene, you know, Batman's down on the ground and Catwoman's around the corner and you don't kind of know where Batman went and all of a sudden like he starts revving up the car in the back and it glows blue from the afterburner and the hood lights up orange and just the whole theater's rumbling. I was like, Oh, now that's pretty damn cool. And for some reason, it, man, I just I like totally geeked out right there. I felt like it was completely out of place though. Like so they're shooting them and they're hiding behind a car and all of a sudden he gets in his car and just starts revving it. Like nobody was running away where he needed a car. Like it, it just seemed really weird to me that all who he cares. Just, they're all gunning down with machine guns. He leaves Catwoman there and he's just sitting there revving his car. Like it, it'd be different if somebody was fleeing or they were or all going for cars, but they, they were all going there. to get in cars. That, that's what they were doing. They were shooting at Batman and Catwoman, but they were trying to get to their cars and leave. Yeah, but that changed when they saw them there. You know, it, it, was, it was to me, it was really weird and really weirdly placed. It'd be different if they weren't there and they didn't know Batman was there. Not that they were already shooting at him. And then all of a sudden his car started revving. And then it's like, oh, crap. I don't even care. This guy's here. <laughs> it was done. It was done so well. I don't care. Yeah, I, it just took me. I was like, oh, he ran to his car and just sitting over there. He left her and started revving his car. I, it's weird. To I, me. I, I mean, what I thought was cool about it was just that it, all the other movies, the Batmobile is such a big production. You know, it's such a big production when that shows up. 
And in this case, it's not to say it wasn't a big production, but you know, that's that's the only place you see it is during that scene. And it, it isn't this, whatever, whatever the other car, the other cars were. And then you had the tank in the Nolan series. This was just a muscle car, which I think again is one of those things that makes this feel a little bit more grounded because yeah, it had an afterburner on the back of it, but it still was the same car that you and I could, could drive today. Um, And I think that that part of it was cool was making it a little bit more, I guess, realistic in that. But, um, my, my only problem with the actual, the, the actual car chase getting to that part of it is that the, the whole movie was shot. I, you know, I wouldn't say it was shaky cam. It wasn't that, but it wasn't shot super smooth, right? It wasn't shot. It, it was meant to look a little bit, not grainy necessarily, but not super polished. And the, the car chase scene, it was a little much. I mean, and it may have just been me having some kind of anxiety attack or whatever, but <laughs> it was just, it, it felt, you know, it felt like there was a hell of a lot going on there. Um, and I think that was just kind of, I mean, I think that was the intent. Because again, just the way the movie was shot, not being super polished, but I do think the the car was cool. I liked the uh, yeah. he did this a lot, but he mounted the camera a lot, like especially in the car chase. I don't know if you caught that, but like he mounts it on the side of the car, so you're seeing like the wheel and it, it not really the car angle, but kind of that. And he did that even with some of the the human shots too. But uh, did you guys notice that he uh, he killed the car on accident when he's revving it up, getting ready to go after him? No, I missed that. Yeah, yeah I think that I, I took it as like, you know, it's Batman year two. There's going to be mistakes and slip ups. But yeah, he starts revving it up and stuff. And then right as he's getting ready to hit the throttle, you can tell it just like it like clunks down and the lights kind of dim on it and stuff. And then he fires it back up and it goes. That's pretty funny. <laughs> no, I, I had no problem with the car right out of Dominic Toretto's garage. I think it was uh, I, th- I think that part was I just thought it was it was odd you know, going from being shot at and leaving her there and then hopping in your car and just start revving it. Yeah, like, that was the way just, to get him distracted, just, right? She, she's seems, up against it. Odd. And he he's outnumbered, man. He's got to get in that car and, and run him over. So speaking of Catwoman, was a little creepy, him watching her change? Because that, that got real weird. Uh, I felt creepy Batman watching through binoculars of Zoe changing her clothes in her closet. I didn't think so. I, I took it as like, you know, that's kind of one of those things that comes from those old detective noir movies, right? Like there's the guy, the, the private investigator, whoever the detective is, you know, looking through windows, trying to figure out what, who's going on. Who's the bad guy. Who's the good guy. You see the little sultry scene of the lady undressing like that. That's I felt like kept zooming in on his eye and he was, he was getting all hot and bothered. I felt, I mean, it was, it was just an odd, odd thing to, to throw in there at the time. Yeah. But I also feel like it kind of, probably set the stage a little bit for the little romance that we have between Catwoman and Batman, you know, I I'm good with that. I really liked the, I really liked those two working together. And I was a little bit surprised that you know, all the other iterations we've seen of Catwoman, she's, she's bad or she's got some badness to her in this case. I, yeah. She was dealing drugs. So that's not good, but I still felt like she was much and better. Well, yeah, I guess she, but she seemed still like a better character. You know, she was more, I don't know, more on the side of good 
than she was on the side of bad, which is what we've seen out of all the other iterations of it. The love side of it, I like the way they work together. The love side of it felt a little forced and creepy and weird. Um, I didn't, I didn't, it, it's just kind of like, okay, we've worked together for an hour and now we're kissing. It, it just, it was weird that how they got that attraction and how they really developed that felt kind of half cooked, half baked a little bit, but yeah vampires seduce people <laughs> i i could see that you know for for all the praise i've given the movie i i could see that that i i feel like it was almost kind of going through the motions a little bit i think there's maybe some more they could have done to really hammer home why they feel that way about each other and the fact that clearly they're both troubled enough to go dressing around in costumes and and doing things and i i don't know it probably just needed like one kind of key scene maybe to bring it all home for the two of them, but it, it probably fell a little bit short, even though I, I didn't have any problems understanding or believing why they would, but the movie could have done just a little bit more to get you there. Yeah, it didn't need a ton, but it needed a little bit. But I, I love the scene of them working together in whatever the club, what was the club, Carson? The iceberg, the ice, iceberg Lounge. I, I did not even put it together that it was the Iceberg <laughs> Lounge in the Penguin until about... 15 minutes ago when you said that you know <laughs> well, that I, was the secret club right because the top club was called 44 below or something like that is yeah well i think you have it reversed yeah it was reversed yeah. oh was it okay yeah. Gotcha. yeah but still 44 below is you know supposed to be cold too i mean i'm assuming it's sure. temperature but i did you see mr freeze down there oh god i <laughs> That that they did at least have to throw a pun in like that for us, but but I, I thought that scene was really cool, you know, with her with the uh, contact lenses in and um, kind of brought in some of the digital stuff that you know some of the technology stuff of the facial recognition. So you do learn that there's some of that stuff going on. It isn't just all the grunt and brawn and the the physical fighting to it. There is still some technology. And I, I thought that was a that was a good scene to to kind of show those two interacting and working together. Did you ever think that she was going to get a better mask than the torn up uh, stocking cap over her eyes? It's the original Daredevil she, mask. She, she she I know she's got this this slick you know full body leather outfit and then this really ratty stocking cap that she's cut holes in. You know I thought. Uh, she might see Batman and like, okay, I can upgrade my mask, you know, more the the theme that I'm going for, but they, they stuck with the little stocking cap. I'm glad they didn't. I, I'm glad everybody in it. Cause the movie takes place over what a, a week and a half. Cause he, he does the voiceover in the beginning. He says it's like uh, October 31st. It's Halloween. And then I think his last journal entry is November 6th. So you're talking about this whole movie taking place over a week. You pay way uh, more attention in movies than I do. <laughs> I, and I did not pick up any of that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad that the characters clearly did not progress or evolve too much because how much can you really expect to have happen in a week? Um, but no, I thought I thought Zoe was great. I, I liked Catwoman. Um, I will say I think she's a little bit more bad than Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. Um yeah, Anne much Hathaway's Catwoman was, Anne Hath huh? She was much better than Anne Hathaway's. Oh, Catwoman. yeah. I was just kind of going back to Dusty's comment about good versus bad Catwoman. They, they even 
posited Anne Hathaway's Catwoman is really only stealing from the one percenter. So even her bad side had like a good side to well, it. Whereas yeah, this Selena I mean, Kyle was a little bit different. I, I guess kind of, but I mean, she did give up Batman to Bane and got his back broken, you know? So, I mean, whereas in this, she was always working right. to help Batman and, and, and Selena Kyle or, you know, True. Anne Hathaway's she, she's kind of in it for herself and she does, um, does end up turning on him or turning him into to Bane. So that's where I, I just looked at it and said, you know, she's, she's the nicest cat woman we've had. Sure. I, I so help me with this. Cause I was thoroughly confused. Um, and maybe I, I missed some sort of explanation that would make it make sense. Did her dad know that he was her daughter before the last scene? No, I don't think so. So, in the club when he's touching her face and whatnot and said, haven't seen you in a long time. He doesn't know that's his daughter. I don't think so because it, I think they confirm that in the final scene because he seems very surprised when she says I'm cause why, why would she point the gun at him and be like, I'm whatever Marlena, whatever her name was, Kyle's daughter. Like there, there'd be no reason for her to say that if he already knew that. Right. Right. Which is confusing because before they've had some interactions, which made it seem like he knew that was his daughter i think she was just a girl in the club to him at that point yeah i i think what's weird to me though about it is that she says in the movie that she had hung out in the club as a kid with her mom which makes you kind of think okay well then i mean she's not that old it's not like she's going from a kid to 60 in this movie she's going a kid to in her what 30s so i mean early 20s yeah early 20s so you know you're you're your face doesn't change that drastically much. So you'd think he would have known, but I mean, I guess he just maybe didn't know that she, he was the father of her. He knew he yeah, had seen her as a child, but yeah. Well, he knew, he knew it was her kid when she was seven, when, when they left. And then I think what throws me off is when the first time we see him interact with her, he says, I haven't seen you back here for a while. You know? And so me thinking when she tells that story, he's recognizing her from when she was seven. And oh. then she comes in and says, oh, I'm her daughter. I'm like, well, he already knew that. And he's already said that I haven't recognized you or I haven't seen you here for a yeah. while. No, I, I didn't have any confusion around that. I think he he recognized her. She had been there when she was little. She had been working there. But he just didn't know that she was his daughter. But speaking of confusing scenes, I, I've read a lot about the conversation between Riddler and Batman at Arkham. What did you guys come away thinking on that? Specifically, did you think that Riddler knew Batman was Bruce Wayne or not? I I, I was in the movie theater thinking that he thought that. Um, I, I thought that he developed this whole thing, create, you know, had the, the last riddle that was there because he thought that Bruce Wayne was Batman, but I, that's obviously not how it played out, right? Uh, yeah, I, that that's my my take is by the end of that conversation, Batman realized that he didn't know right that Bruce Wayne was Batman, but he thought, oh crap, <laughs> you know, and then then he kind of gave that look of I may have know, to kill this oh, guy. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but he, but he gave that look of oh you don't know, okay, so, so then we're good. That seems to be a lot of the confusion that I've read is that you know when Riddler first starts going Bruce Wayne, you know you're like oh god he knows. Well, and backing up a little bit, when Batman's in 
the Riddler's apartment. He's got all that, that that one wall is just all like pictures of Bruce Wayne as a kid and then some Batman pictures and there's some scribbling that says like, I know the real you and everything. So I think they're like almost setting you up and I don't know if it was a swerve or not, but I think they're setting you up to try and think that he knows who he is. And then when he gets to the the asylum, they start having the conversation. He starts going on and on about Bruce Wayne. I think both the audience and Batman think he knows. The one thing I don't get is why he glanced at the cameras. Um, I wasn't quite sure what that was all about. I, that one still doesn't make sense to me. Why he glanced at like I could see like oh he doesn't I don't want him to be telling people on camera that I'm that I'm Bruce Wayne. But then there's a moment when Riddler finally loses it because he says you know Bruce Wayne is the one that we missed. And you can kind of see Batman's eyes change. He's like, oh, he doesn't know it's me. And then he gets mad because he thought Batman and Riddler were going to be in cahoots. And that's when Riddler loses it because Batman won't join him. And so I think that's what it's supposed to be. I think it was kind of trying to trick everybody that he knew who he was. But then you realize halfway through the conversation that he doesn't. Right. Right. No, I think that's what the, the target was. And I think Batman looks at the cameras thinking, oh, crap, who all just heard this? Yeah. You know, and then he's like, now what am I going to do type of thing? And then he realizes that that's not the case. Right. And I think the other big piece of evidence that he doesn't know is he sent the bomb to Bruce Wayne, but left a fireproof envelope for Batman. So if you were killing Bruce Wayne and you knew he was Batman, you wouldn't leave a fireproof envelope for Batman to discover. Yeah. And that that was a little confusing to me was the the fireproof deal. I was like, wait, why? Why did he send that? I, I didn't really understand why that was included with it, but that certainly makes sense when you're trying to protect Batman, but you're trying to kill kill Bruce Wayne. Right. I think the intent was he's been leaving those cards at every scene, and he knew this was a firebomb to kill Bruce Wayne, but he needed the card to survive the firebomb so that Batman right, could to come get to the Batman. scene and get it. Um, right. Yeah, I just was curious. There's been a lot of back and forth online about people saying, did he know, did he not know, when did oh, he I know? Didn't, I didn't. But, I didn't realize there's any confusion by the end of that scene. I know go, going into that scene, people would be like, oh, does he, does he not? But I thought I made it pretty clear at the end of the scene that he didn't know who Batman was. I thought so too, but I could see why people would, you know, some of the angles people are taking are that he was trying to let Bruce know that he knew without letting everybody else know. So that's why he was being cryptic in his conversation and stuff. But I, it doesn't make sense then why he gets so angry when, you know, Batman refuses to join up with him and I don't know. But anyways, I thought that was interesting. One of the things that was <clears throat> I a little frustrating to me, but I, I also I guess I understand it was the riddles that the Riddler made. It was kind of amazing. I didn't even it was hard for me to even read it that fast on screen. And by the time I had read it and then even kind of thought of it, they were already answering it. It didn't leave a lot of suspense. So I, th- I think some of it was to show, again, how good of a detective Batman is. So I, I do understand why they did it. It was just a little bit like he didn't even have to think about these things. He just knew it immediately right off. And I like even on a couple of them, I don't even know that I saw what the full riddle was before the answer popped up. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's you kind of want to be involved and try to figure it out as a uh as an audience member, but at the same time, you know, that they don't have time for that. You know, they're trying to get, trying well, to get yeah, other, other riddles through. I'm not a good <laughs> riddle solver to begin uh, with. So I don't think they need to wait for me to get out yeah. and paper and say, okay, could it be this or this? No, but do the, do this crypto. I do think you're, I do think you're spot on though. I think that was their way 
of dropping that like, hey, Batman's not stupid. He's smart. He, he can get some basic riddles pretty quick. But I did think they did a really good job of also showing how he's still learning and maturing because he messes up a few of them and overlooks some pretty obvious clues. Um, but Yeah, how did he not get a rat with wings as a bat? Yeah, I mean, that one was bad, but he, he got focused on the stool pigeon part of it, which, you know, everybody gets blinders onto what they want to see. He's probably thinking, oh, he's referring to... Penguin, because that's that's who Batman wanted it to be. He wanted it to be that. He didn't consider that it could possibly be him as the source of all this. So I get it. And it, right, and, and I think that it's one of those things that I like that they showed him as flawed. He's not he's not the polished Batman that we know yet. Um, one of the cooler things I thought they did was, and I wish they'd done more stuff like this, but. When he saw that the guy's thumb was chopped off, he's like, oh, he's cut off alive because it's got this certain kind of medical thing happening. It's just like little nuggets like that where it's like, okay, this Batman is clearly smart. He knows some stuff here, but while also being able to show him show him grow. And I know you touched on this earlier, Dusty, but I, I love the contacts. I thought that was a genius way to fold in. And I think they kind of somewhat sort of ripped it from the video games. Um that you know that's how he he goes back every night and rewatches all the stuff and gets the clues and gets the facial recognition. And that was just... I thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought it was good. And I, I agree with you when it comes to um, him messing up. I mean, let's be honest. He, he lost in this. <laughs> yeah. it, most everybody he tried to save died. Um, and then the final deal, the Riddler wins. I mean, he blew up. He blew up the deal. The water comes rushing in, kills hundreds, if not thousands of people. Um, I mean, he, he really did win and, and he didn't even catch, he wasn't the one that really even caught the Riddler because he was saying, oh, well he got away. And then that's where somebody else was, was outside and saw him going down the fire escape and said that he was in the diner. So it wasn't even his deduction that, that did it. So, I mean, he, he really wasn't all that awesome or all that great in this movie. He, he lost a ton and we just, we haven't seen that in other, other Batman movies. So I think that kind of sets him up as a, as a flawed hero. And I think that's nice to see. It's refreshing to see. And I think that won't be the case every time moving forward as I think as the character advances, they're going to show him winning more and getting better, but it was kind of a nice introduction to the character seeing that, he it didn't just end up him saving the day every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the contacts. I'm glad he didn't have his special bat goggles that he throws on and records things and looks for clues. You know that that's that's real cheesy. So I, I really do like the way that they did that. Uh, you mentioned the uh, the flooding of the city. Cities flooding in uh, really really bothered me that they were at the garden and the their plan knowing the city was flooded was for people to stay in a bowl below the city's level. Like as soon as they, they said, Oh, we're all supposed to stay here in the garden. Like, wait, it's flooding. Shouldn't they be like up in a building? Like go. Didn't go somebody call that out in the movie though? No, they, they said they were going to go, go somewhere else. He's like, this is a terrorist uh, situation. So we're in a, this is a worse place to be because it's a terrorist situation. Like we're going to get shot. Not that there's water coming in. We're all going to drown. Well, I thought that they said, I thought somebody said, why are we 
taking shelter here. And somebody was like, well, this is the hurricane shelter. And they're like, yeah, but a hurricane is not the same as the seawalls collapsing or something like that. So I think they acknowledged that it was a problem that they were all there. I don't know. I didn't, yeah, was, was, I didn't catch that part of it, but yeah. It, it was, well, I was thinking that the whole time. And then at the end, the doors did open because that's at street level. And then it all floods. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. Um, I, I, had a, I had real issues with the, the whole, end piece again it's the i thought hit him having the the knives on his or the bat batarangs or however on his chest i thought it was really cool that was a really good idea of you could take them off and use them as blades but he used them terribly like he used them twice and they both sucked i know one was him just cutting the electrical line and him falling you know into the water and i forget what the other one was but neither one of them were cool like i felt like he could use those cooler uh in the movie because it was a, a, a really awesome idea how they connect to the front he takes them off and uses them and puts them back on uh but i was very disappointed in how how they use those and also the same with the uh the bat signal the it was way too thin you can't even tell it's a bat symbol up there it just looks like a a black line through a, a searchlight uh, I did. Uh, I did not like that at all. I wish it, it was looked a, like a bat signal to me. Wait, wait! It just looked like a line, line through a a, a circle. If your complaints are the shape of the bat signal and how he used battering rings, mm-hmm. I think the movie did a pretty damn good job, is what I'm hearing. The those are complaints. Those are not the only complaints. I'm saying. I'm just saying those are or or the logistics of people taking shelter in Gotham Square Garden. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, I mean, it, it, it all it's all part of it. I mean, those are those are pretty tiny things. I think, um, especially when one of them is okay. How about him people. walking into machine gun, having no, like not even trying to to walk away from it. his face is exposed. I don't like care. He didn't even try to guard himself. It he looked like walking the coolest. It was the coolest scene in any trailer, and it was the like probably the coolest scene in the movie. Like the, they're talking about the one where he like it, the whole scene is just lit up by gunfire. Yeah, right. He's yeah, fighting. Who cares? And then then, then the last guy, he's just walking, and the guy's just shooting him. Like he. He doesn't. Is he not aware that his face is exposed? Like, like that's he's not I even mean, trying to okay, move. Okay, here's the thing: you take a fine tooth comb to some movies, and you you just totally don't take a fine no, tooth I'm, comb. No, I'm to saying others, this is man. a like, human human with no powers, and he is taking a absolute beating with a machine gun directly to his chest. Yeah, you know, and just un just doesn't care that his face is exposed. He gets shot in the face any moment. He's not yeah. trying to bob or weave. He's just walking into it. And then later he gets, shot, he gets shot with a shotgun and he's immobilized for forever and needs to take a shot of adrenaline. You know, but but this is... Well, that it, was after he had fought 20-something guys and took a double-barrel uh, shotgun okay. right so to the chest he, from like point I'll give range. you... And he, he, he takes a shot of adrenaline and he just punches one guy down and then that, I felt like that would have been cooler had he done that sooner and then fought a bunch of guys. I'll give you that but, one that, you know, he... he he took a whole lot of machine guns to the chest and kept coming forward, and then the the shotgun chest knocked him down. I'll, I'll give you that one, but it was still a cool scene. It was awesome. It it reminded me a lot of um, Vader in Rogue One. Is it Rogue One? Yeah. Is that yes? You know, it yeah. it was a lot of that a dark scene and um, people shooting, and then him just coming in and just thrashing everybody. I thought it it had a very strong resemblance to that scene. 
Yeah, but at first he's knocking the guns away as they're firing, like he's he's evading, you know. And then the guy's just lighting him up. But I mean, his face is not. Did you want him? Covered. Did you want him to walk backwards and curl down? I mean, is that the Batman you really wanted to see? Is him? Um, I want him to be aware that his face is exposed, and if he wants to take, you know, shots to the uh, bullets like that, then then wear an Iron Man mask, you know. I mean, that's Cover just your face. that's just making a cool scene for the sake of making a cool scene and you, you forego a little bit of the realism of that you're already suspending in, in, in this kind of movie anyway. I mean, he, he should have died when he, you know, ripped the bridge, uh, yeah, the bridge. when he hit the bridge. So <laughs> yeah. like, uh, of course, but that's just not what's going to happen. You're going to have some things that look cool that aren't realistic. Like, everybody should have aimed for his mouth. We can all agree with that. Then in every Batman movie ever, everybody should have shot him in the mouth. That's what should have happened, but it doesn't well, happen. There, there, there's difference when people, when he's avoiding it and you can say they were trying to, he, he didn't care. Uh, right. He, he is, but that's just the in, next extension of trying to make a cool scene. But what, what I'm saying is in any Batman movie ever, any bad guy could have lined up a shot at the mouth, but they don't because that would end the movie and that would be stupid. Because so he's a ninja and he can sidestep no, in. There's only one Batman that's been a ninja, and that's been Nolan's. Nobody else has ever defined that in the cinematic Batmans. Not even your beloved Batfleck is a ninja. <laughs> sure he was. No, he's not because they didn't see him you. hopping around and fighting the... Doesn't matter. Aliens. Just because he's hopping around fighting aliens doesn't mean he was trained as a ninja. They didn't say that in the movie, so he's not one. One. Oh, he had a whole dojo. Didn't show he was trained as ninja. Maybe he learned Miyagi-Do. I don't know. Miyagi-Do. Some eagle fang. (laughs) Not to change the subject at all, boys, but one thing that I I did actually really like as well is um, what they did with uh, Thomas Wayne how every other movie we've seen, he's been this clean cut, um, super wealthy guy who is a wonderful father, you know, big businessman who's, you know, major generosity. This movie, he was made to look like a scumbag. You know, he, he was made, I mean, they, they touched on how public persona of him was as that, you know, as a, um, philanthropist and a good guy but behind the scenes you know he he's the one that really sparked a lot of this he's the one that caused a lot of this by um him ordering falcone to beat up or you know intimidate the person but then falcone ended up stepping in killing that person um it it i i was very surprised by that i i did not expect that or see that coming yeah, they they took a, a lot from uh, the long Halloween storyline uh, that with Thomas Wayne, how he's portrayed, and also you know Catwoman and her lineage. That they, they kind of took that from that story. So I liked how you know it wasn't a we're just going to use this storyline because I I don't enjoy that story, but I liked those character arcs of those people, and so uh, that was pretty pretty good how they brought that in. Yep, and I thought it fit really well with what they're trying to do with this Batman, right? He's kind of dark. He's kind of emo. You know, he, he's doing this for vengeance for his family and stuff like that. But then it all gets thrown, you know, into a, you know, it throws him for a loop because then he starts to question whether his dad really was this person that he looked up to. And I think even in the end, like you said, Dusty, 
he may not his dad may not be perfect, but he's also not the evil that he thought he was. He's just a guy. He's somewhere in between, you know, he, he was trying to do right by his family, but he made a bad mistake and it ended up, you know, costing him. And so I, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of manifests itself because especially in the Nolan Batman's in Batman begins, you know, Thomas Wayne is very much like what's driving Bruce for everything. And that's kind of how this movie was to begin with, but it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over time. Now that he knows a little bit more about the real story. Were you guys a little bit surprised at how little of a part um, Alfred had in this? I, I he's he's been a such a big part of all the other movies and all the other iterations, and he's always been that confidant, that person that Batman and Bruce. Well, I guess Bruce will up both of them. Batman and Bruce Wayne can rely on, and in this case, they didn't really seem to have that good of a relationship. Um, Bruce Wayne was kind of kind of a dick to him throughout a lot of the movie. And um, I was a little surprised by that just because this is the one guy Bruce Wayne's had to be able to rely on who he's known, who he's grown with, um, grown up with. And they just didn't seem to have like all that close of a relationship. So yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, To your point, Dusty, like they, they were laying it on pretty thick of how they don't really get along type of thing and uh almost to the point to where i was like are they gonna have alfred the one who killed thomas wayne you know like like that like that's where like that thought crossed my mind like are they gonna go real dark with alfred (laughs) you know and it's like like they're they're really doing this dynamic differently than than we've ever ever seen so so to your point i i agree it's very very fresh so i I have a i have a couple comments on that one Alfred talks about how he, how it was his job, I think, to protect Thomas Wayne. I now maybe I misread that, but I th- I thought he said that, which made me think like is it bodyguard. Alfred a bodyguard? Like, and I just watched Double Impact, so I was like, is he like? Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, is he like the Frank? To, yeah, exactly. Is he like Uncle Frank? Um, so that part I was kind of curious about. Um, but I, I kind of want to take that comment, and yes, I agree with you. There was very little Alfred, but I think that was for a positive reason. And one of the things I walked away from this movie loving was this is like 90% Batman. Yeah. And like 10% Bruce Wayne. If that. Not even. Usually that's one of my big complaints about movies like this. It's like you see like 50, 60% Bruce Wayne and like 40% Batman. You're like, dude, I came here to watch Batman, not Bruce Wayne. So I loved that they committed so hard to just, Pattinson is basically Batman in every scene, but I think that's why you get so little Alfred because usually when Alfred is talking, it's with Bruce, not with Batman. So I I think that was just a side effect of what they were going for. Now, I do think that as, as they start to grow this Batman character, you will see him talking to Alfred more. And I do think he's kind of resentful of Alfred right now because he wants to be Batman. He feels like that is who he is. He doesn't care about Wayne. He doesn't really care about Alfred. He's down this vengeance path, and that's all he cares about. So to hell with everything else. He just wants to go out in the night and beat everybody up. And I think the side effect of that is that we see a little bit, very little Alfred and very little Bruce. Yeah, and and Dusty, to I guess to both your points of him being a sort of a bodyguard, um, there have been a lot of new or especially recently iterations of Alfred's backstory of, you know, secret service and, you know, all that army ranger type, whatever they have in Britain and his, his backstory, but SAS uh, type of 
uh, background that he'd never had before, you know? And so, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if that's something that we, that gets revealed later on of that, that they're doing that with this, with this character. Did and, he not say in the movie that he taught Bruce how to fight? Like, I didn't uh, know if that meant just like self-defense as a kid or whatever, but I'm pretty sure he said like, you know, I taught you how to fight and stuff like that. He, he may have. And I hope I hope they throw a suit on Andy Circus and let him fight. I like I love that dude. I don't know why, but for some reason, I just love that dude. Uh, a motion capture suit, probably. <laughs> that's that's his, that's his best. That's his best work. Yeah. yeah, that's why Reeves put him in here. I mean, he spent yeah. so much time watching him be Caesar from Planet of the Apes that he figured, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to bring you in and do Alfred. I I also have to mention it because I I love the dude, but. John Turturro, I I think he was very, very, very good in this movie. I think he played that character well. I don't know how he compares to, you know, comic book versions of it, but I just I I love that character, and I think he I think he did great. Mm-hmm. I I can't take the guy seriously. Uh, <laughs> he's 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 Lebowski all the way to me. You know, he's the Jesus Jesus and, Quintana. Uh, yeah, he holds, <laughs> uh, dude. <laughs> I, I can't take him as intimidating you know i can't take him seriously on screen uh, i like the guy i like him and everything but as a mob boss i'm supposed to be scared of i i just can't do it and he that, does that's, that's he, he look more joey knish in this than uh yeah, yeah. he, he de- yeah. definitely look rounders style but no I, I i think he i think he played the character well i i think he he did a good job of being a very really a big time villain in this movie but yet you didn't think of him that way. You thought of him, you know, there were some times when you actually kind of liked him when he was having that conversation at the club with, uh, with Bruce Wayne, you, you kind of liked him during that. And then you come to find out he's really, again, him and his dad are what set, set us on this path. Um, so it was, uh, I, I think they, I, I think they did well with that character. And then, um, I, I like the fact that they, they killed him at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the last little thing I had was I, I was a big fan of the way it all ended. And Dusty, you mentioned this earlier, but it doesn't end happily. Gotham is essentially flooded and destroyed. Um, if you've played the video games, which I know you guys haven't, it, it's not, I mean, basically they set up Gotham as like, it's always overrun by all the villains. And I think that's kind of where they're going. I don't expect Matt Reeves next movie to be f- solely focused on any one villain. I think you're going to get some penguin. You're going to get, I, I kind of hope they refrain on the Joker a little bit. Like maybe you get, you know, some of these other characters, but I think he's always going to go for sort of multiple villains in any given movie. And the fact that he didn't save Gotham, that all these criminals are out there and they did a really good job of setting up that he kind of created all the criminals right Riddler basically said you inspired me kind of thing and I really like that they ended it with a voiceover of Batman realizing I can't be vengeance vengeance is not what the city needs it's caused problems all that stuff and you start to that's your first glimpse of him realizing I need to become the Batman that we all know, which is like the symbol of hope and all that kind of stuff and not just one of vengeance and fear. So I, I love the voice over the end. I love how the flooding happened. I, I love that we're going to get the multiple, I feel like villains in every movie. So I, I like the ending. I like the setup. Oh, yeah. I'm same way. I, I enjoyed that. I, I'm going to be curious to see how they move forward. I had read a little bit of stuff online that there's a possibility of them creating a TV show. 
Um, they are that. And one thing that they may be looking to do is like an Arkham Asylum show, um, which is scary. Just thinking that it could go down like a path of the suicide squad type of thing. And, um, I, you know, I don't know, but I do like the idea of that, of there being an art, because I think Arkham Asylum is that thing we, we all know about from the movies, but we don't, we we don't spend much time there and we don't see much there. And I think that would be a really cool thing to dive into and, and get more of. But I, um, I, I think they, they set the movie up well by not having him be the hero yet and letting him grow into that role. And I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out in the future. Yeah, my only issue with the end is I would have rather not seen the Joker. I'd rather than not have anything to do with that. Um, you know, bring him in the next one or or not. I, I don't need mention of him in this one. Um, if you if you, I, I didn't need to see him, and I don't know who it even was the uh, the oh, Joker if they was. released. Yeah, who was it? Uh, Barry Keoghan, Keoghan, the from Eternals, like Drew, Drew from the Eternals. He's in Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, oh, okay, that guy. I did. Yeah, I waited on the credits, but they didn't. They didn't put it in. I, um, yeah, and, and I read that he actually there was supposed to be a scene um, that was deleted where Joker, before you kind of knew who he was, was introduced earlier. I think at Arkham because Batman was going there to kind of profile the Riddler and talk to some people. Um, so it's going to be really interesting because what I'm not sure is like, did Batman put Joker in the in the asylum? I mean, I think Matt Reeves said he's not actually the Joker yet. But then it kind of made you wonder, like, maybe in year one he put the Joker away because there's all these clown guys running around town. Right. But don't know. They they were obviously, yeah. I honestly. Like something to do with it. I honestly thought it was Two-Face at first. I mean, when I was watching <laughs> I it, see that. I, I thought it was Two-Face. And I was like, wait, this is, okay, no, this is Joker. But um, I, I'm kind of with Carson that I, I would have rather not seen him. I don't know how you... I don't know. I think you kind of want to introduce him, but you can't really do what Nolan just did. You can't, you can't have the Joker card there that introduced that character, but didn't show his face. So it really kind of got you amped up for it. Um, So, you know, what do you do that doesn't look like you're trying to steal from that? But I I still probably wouldn't have rather seen his face. It's really hard to not bring in the Joker when you look at the rest of Batman's rogue yeah. gallery, you know, it's a, it, it's a lot of really weak characters. And I know you can try to twist them like you do with the penguin or even, even the Riddler, try to give them a, a dark, different kind of take, but, but there's not a lot of like bringing Mr. Freeze in, into this, you know, or even poison Ivy, it, it you know, clay face. You, I, I could go on for, for days listening and you're like, ah, uh, you're like, I don't want to see that guy. You, you go to Raza Ghoul, you know, we just, kind of did that one too a different take on bane i would like to see but again these guys were were just used and the joker is is the dc villain he's the number one dc villain like that's that's the guy it's hard to stay away from him because you know that's what people want but he's been done so many times it's well yeah this is what the third joker in six years right right yeah I mean that's yeah. that's and too you've much. seen it done bad. Well, you've seen it done great, and that's and that's part of the problem with them cannonballing 
Batman after Batman after Batman. That's why I would have loved for this movie to stay on the shelf for five years or so, you know, give us a little bit of time to move past the, you know, all the different iterations that we've had, but we didn't. And I mean, I think they still did it well enough that it kept my attention and it kept me excited about it. Um, so I am, am excited about the future, but I do, I do have concerns about the future villains that they can really introduce. So the the rumors I've heard are was it Carson like the Night of Owls or whatever like that that storyline could be used. Um, I, I'm fine with them showing okay. the Joker at the end. I don't want him in the next movie though. Um, I think you you the Mad to, Hatter instead. Yeah, don't do Mad Hatter. Um, <laughs> I, I've heard that Reeves really wants to try and do a spin on on Freeze. I don't know how you do it, but that's what I've heard. Which is more interesting? I mean, Two Face is just not a very interesting villain, right? You know, like like none of these guys—they're all basically gangsters, right? And, so and they all I don't have the same feel. And I don't know if you caught it, but there was a couple of references to Hush. If you're familiar with who he is, um, the reporter who was killed has the same last name. I think it's Thomas Elliot is the kid's name. It becomes Hush. Um, that was there, and there's actually a Joker, or sorry, a Riddler video where he the words Hush showed up. So there's there's rumors that Hush could be involved in that. Um, so yeah, I think there's, I haven't re- read any of those fan theories and Easter eggs. Yeah. I mean, I caught the hush right away. Cause actually if you, I almost thought they were trying to smash together hush and Riddler in this movie, um, just because of some of the things they were doing, but, and, and nobody's ever done Hugo strange in a movie yet either. So there's, there's some people that are still yeah. grounded that you could try to pull off. Yeah. They, they did a lot of those guys in the series Gotham. And again, it's, they all kind of run together because they're similar. Yeah. You know, the ground ground level type guys, you can only go so far before they start getting real weird with it. Yeah. And that reminds yeah. me, um, I think the one show that I've, I've heard that's confirmed in the Batman universe is like basically a penguin show. It's like the, the crime underbelly of, of Gotham fall. I don't know if it's following penguin before this movie or after this movie or anything, but that's the one I had heard that they were going to do. Interesting. I would assume it would be probably after this movie because now it's going to be truly building up Penguin taking over the Empire, mm-hmm. uh, the Underworld Empire. Whereas in this role, he he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't a super low level gangster, but he wasn't the right. you know the the head of all of all gangsters. So yeah, and, and I can't say I'm excited for that because he's just not a cool villain. And so it's just uh, I'd rather see Bane do the criminal underworld and. You know, I'm fine with that. That I think, his original backstory, like he should have been. I mean, um, you don't feel like they've set up Penguin to be. I mean, because we really let's let's be honest. How interesting is a criminal boss of the underground? They're usually not very interesting. So no, they're to, not to set Penguin up like that. I think it's totally fine. I think it fits. I'm looking forward to it. But that's under the assumption that he's again just one of many people playing a role in in the movie. Because I think that's how he needs to be. Yeah, I mean, he's, it'd be no different than Falcone or Maroney. Right, exactly. You know, same, same, just another guy. Yep. So, but Garrett, I know you're going to see this again uh, soon. I want you to count how many times a, a bright light shines directly into the camera. I think it's at least six. Uh, that was fairly annoying, but uh, that's my, my final take. Again, I think if you're if you're complaining about flashlights, it's a pretty good movie. Directly into the screen. It's like, dude, enough, enough. Trying to watch this movie. I know you're in a darker movie, but when you see it, you know, full full fledged, it uh, it's it's rather annoying. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I never thought I'd be saying that for a three hour movie, but I am. 
I'm genuinely excited. I listened to the score all day today. Um, can't wait till it hits HBO Max here in 45 days. Uh, real quick on the score, I really like the score. Uh, I wish there was a diff- almost a different one that, that they used for him at the end uh, because I felt like too much was going on and it was too slow of a score. That was a very intimidating theme, and I thought it was really cool at some of the scenes. But then st- too much was going on, you know, and then they put that over, and I'm like, that's too, too slow, I felt, uh, in some of those end, end action scenes for hmm. that to come out. I thought the score was I, I could, perfect. I could see them pick it up a little bit in certain spots. Um, I think it was well done. I do have some concerns, not for this movie, but for just movies in general of them overplaying the really slow um, single key piano things that, that we're seeing. I, I, they're showing it in like the Jurassic Park movie or, you know, the trailer for it that's coming out. They even had it a little bit. Yeah, in, Garrett can't wait for that. They even have, right. They even had it a little bit, I think in star Wars, you know, they had some, some slower, slow, slowed down pieces of, of scores that you know and i i can see them overplaying it i'm feeling it a little bit of them doing it i don't think i think this movie is still going to be fine because it's early you know not late enough into it but i think that's going to get overplayed at some point in time it always happens right when inception came out the blah was everywhere um then we moved into um trailers being made that use pop or rock songs but the effects happen to the beat of the song then you get the slowed down version of famous songs which of course nirvana was all over this one so it, they, they all come in groups and, and bundles so i'm in, i'm in no way surprised but setting aside the nirvana stuff i thought the score itself was uh, yeah the score was well, the score was great yeah, and i thought battleship did it best so i don't go even remember that listen to the battleship score no. Uh, well, you know, three-hour movie, hour-and-a-half podcast, so you've now consumed four-and-a-half hours of Batman, so congratulations if you made it this far. <laughs> made it through. Uh, we have a, we have another one coming soon, but I think we're going to Netflix uh, on our next journey. Do you remember Reynolds, the schedule De- better than I do? I, d- I don't remember. I believe, I believe Deadpool and uh, some time travel movie on Netflix is our next next flick. Ryan Reynolds, you mean? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. I think I forget when that's coming up, but we will be back within at least a, a couple of weeks, I'm sure. But thanks for slogging through the, the hour and a half Batman breakdown. Uh, Carson, where can they find you on Twitter? At Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. You can find me at at Two Views Garrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at at Two Views Movies, or you can email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen. We are there. Dusty? Thank you again for for joining. Special thanks. No, thank you, boys. I really appreciate it. It's been great. Yeah, and thanks to our sponsor once again, and we will be back next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both.